0: Welcome to Episode 8 in a two-part series of Smells Like Teen Parent, a podcast for adolescents and the adults who annoy them. I'm your host, Jenny DeBevick, a counselor and academic consultant with 20 years working with youth. In the last episode, we talked about social media and teens, and in the next two episodes, we're going to talk about how young people with ADHD and ADD can thrive. How does teen ADHD differ from earlier childhood ADHD? Does playing video games give your kids ADHD? Can they get ADHD from those wild and chatty friends? What distinct challenges might adolescents face and how can you support them in middle and high school? How can you build a collaborative team to ensure that teens with ADHD and other learning differences make the most of their educational setting? And finally, with all these questions, we're going to touch on how to manage your own feelings and symptoms so that you can best set an example for your teen. Featuring our guest, Dr. Pamela Moslin, a psychiatrist and part of the medical staff at Evergreen College in Olympia, Washington. Please download this episode so that I can keep bringing you content. The questions from parents have also been piling up, so I'm excited to bring you this long overdue episode. I hit a little bit of what is known as pod fade, but now we are back on track for the fall. What helps you concentrate? There's a couple things that
1: help me concentrate, taking breaks and also listening to music. Uh, I'd say like kind of being on my own. I don't like a lot of noise. Uh, That helps me concentrate. And I also like being alone. Listening
0: to music. You know, we want to give our emerging adults the best tools to help them through the teenage years, and we're also trying to figure out how to step in and advocate for our kids. I've got parents asking me, hey Jenny, do you give parent coaching on some of this stuff? And yes, of course I do. So podcast audience, if you have any questions or you'd like to set up an appointment, you can email me at smellsliketeenparent@gmail.com. at gmail.com. This episode is sponsored by Medigood, with handmade small batch artisan lip balms and body care products. They are in inspired by love and nature. Love their products. They're sustainable, ethical, locally made in San Francisco, organic and fair trade, just like your parenting. Okay, let's dive in. So the first of these two episodes, we're going to start with just talking a little bit about what ADHD is and answering some questions that I'm getting from parents about ADHD. And then after that, we will dive into the very illuminating interview with Dr. Pamela Moslin. She just has a lot of experience and a lot of thought out opinions. I think it's just great to entertain different kinds of perspectives on this. We've all heard of ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which in the DSM is defined as a treatable neurodevelopmental disorder found in kids, teens, and adults. Core symptoms, inattention, impulsivity, and hyperactivity. There's lots of information out there. I think one of the pieces we want to address in these two episodes is how teen ADHD differs from earlier childhood ADHD. And let's be clear here. Most, if not all, adolescents have their moments of being spacey, impulsive, or hyperactive. That's just kind of what's going on with this age group anyway, given all the hormones and changes. When we're talking about adolescents with ADHD, we're talking about those executive functioning parts that enable older students to... do things like remember information for tests, follow through on tasks, and even sit still for reasonable amounts of time across a bunch of different settings. Okay, so we're talking about like what helps you kind of focus what's working for you. And so you said coming home after school.
1: Yeah. Just like straight after school and just like having that scheduled time and like, because I have my calendar and just having a scheduled time to study, just like following that every day usually just helps. Cause in the, in between that time I finish like what's needed to be done. And then I, in the extra time, I usually just do work that's like due next week or something.
0: So you just power through it. And then you also said like going into different environments.
1: My mindset when I'm in my room, is just like focus and like, I just want to, like, be on my bed and just not do anything. And I think just being, like, a different environment just, like, helps me focus on something. I'm not really sure why,
0: though. Sometimes adolescents with ADHD will exhibit restlessness and excessive talking, or others will appear daydreamy and unfocused.
1: I was reading, and I looked up, and everyone was gone. And it turns out they had left for an assembly, and I had just not even heard
0: a thing. Sometimes teachers also misunderstand ADHD adolescents as rowdy or poorly behaved and cognitive malfunctioning ends up becoming this discipline problem. And what we have is bright, hardworking students who also have ADHD may be suffering from poor performance because they have a harder time with the organization and follow through. What's the easy solution to this? Well, Let's just start maybe with hearing from students. What's working for them? What helps you focus? Either tea or or a playlist that I made in eighth grade called Songs for Migraines, so.
1: Uh, I go to, uh, I guess something that helps me focus is like silence or music. And something that helps me focus is, I guess like no distractions, but that's kind of obvious. Probably just like putting all my electronics away like my phone away and everything just so I don't like have anything to distract me easily because I know I can easily be distracted by my phone. I also like um, having a super clean space like not a lot of things on my desk so I can like fiddle with those as well as putting my phone away so I don't have anything can just be an excuse for me to do something else. I think probably also like silence and music but Yes. Also, like, if a bunch of other people got me working,
0: then that helps me focus, too, because I feel like the pressure of other people doing it. Um, probably a tall glass of water in a quiet workspace. And I also ask students about the interventions that adults want them to use, like keeping a journal or a... Date book for all of their appointments and, and assignments. One of the challenges I had with these podcast episodes was what can I offer you that isn't already readily available out there? And I think one of the pieces is that as a school counselor and in my private practice, this idea of normalizing the diversity of the minds that come into the space and recognizing that each child has strengths, even though ADHD is hard to manage and can be really frustrating for students. It's important to remind them that there's nothing wrong with you. It's This is the way that your mind works. Let's look at how we can apply that mind. So you're finding that even just little changes It's that the boredom piece can help you stay focused. Yeah. And it's cool that you and your mom kind of do this together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she does work while I'm just doing like my, just studying. Okay, next part. Let's go to some questions that I received via email from listeners of this podcast, which are edited for brevity and read by my child, Six. My kid plays too many video games. Does this mean he has ADHD? Can video games make him ADHD? No, but... Studies show that those with ADHD symptoms have a higher rate of problematic video game use than control studies. In one research study in 2013 by Micah Mazurek and Christopher Engelhart in Pediatrics Journal, concluded that boys with ADHD not only had greater in-room video game access, but greater problematic video game use than those of their neurotypical peers. On the plus side, because we see these tendencies early, we can enforce limits such as making sure students complete their schoolwork before playing games, setting a timer, and using parent control to monitor game use. Note, pediatrics recommend that no more than two hours a day be spent on video games and that parents work with kids to develop a media plan and then stick to it. I know, your kids are going to push back whatever limit you set. That's kind of their job. But the best gift you can give them is this firm boundary. You can do it with a smile, even if your smile is gritting your teeth down to dust. they're probably gonna get really annoyed at you but if your kids aren't annoyed at you at least several times a week you're not really doing your job as a parent next question
1: my eighth grader has these friends that make him more lazy and unfocused is it possible he is getting ADHD because of his friends
0: well ADHD is considered a neurological condition that has hereditary links. So no, your kid can't catch ADHD from their peers. Yes, kids with ADHD sometimes struggle in peer relationships because they have challenges with self-control and reactivity, which can come off as being bossy or insensitive. And this is a stage where kids are learning about what's acceptable in social groups. We as parents and caregivers serve our own kids best when we show empathy for whomever our kids are hanging out with, while still setting appropriate boundaries and expectations for age-appropriate behavior. Just get them outside as much as you can and away from video games. Okay, moving on next email question. My daughter was finally diagnosed with ADHD
1: and is going into high school. What new challenges are they going to face
0: and how can I help them? All right. Thank you for this. This is from Carol. In middle and high school, students have to manage more classes that become increasingly more complex in content, multi-step projects, longer deadlines, and detailed analysis. Students with ADHD have struggles with all of these parts. So they're going to need help planning for projects and tests. And they're going to also need coping tools like taking breaks every half hour or when they feel their frustration is reached reaching, you know, to a 7 out of 10 level.
1: All we can do is just be very supportive, especially with my sister. Like, it's very hard for her to read and stuff like that. And, like, we have to help her with homework. So I think when it comes to, you know, ADD and ADHD, it's, we just have to find something that will help them just calm down. But I think when once you can find something that isn't, like, that you like, but that's not distracting you even more, that's a good, like, median. Next question. My 13-year-old was recently diagnosed with ADHD. So
0: now what? How do I help them at home? Parents and teachers have asked what they can do to get ADHD students refocused and regulated. One, offer visual measuring tools with students to help them notice and evaluate their thoughts and feelings. And then we use coping skills to address what those thoughts and feelings are so they can shift feelings of frustration or negative self talk. Next, I'll try and get some details about what they're struggling with. Tell me what are the steps that you're going to take to get through this assignment, especially if it's like a longer research project or if it's something where they have to study for a test. How many hours do you think it's going to require you for you to really know this? Okay, and then we can break it down. Okay, well, how many minutes a day is that? What time of the day do you want to study? Help them by breaking it down into smaller chunks. Step two is really get them grounded in their own body. One thing I do with kids when they're getting anxious, I see a lot of anxiety. So I do buddy breaths with my students. Buddy breath is very simple. I just put a hand on my chest and maybe another hand on my stomach and then I ask them to do it with me. Me, you know where they put a hand on their chest and a hand on their stomach we look each other in the eyes and then we just breathe at the same time and maybe we do three of those breaths right we could do one right here so i have got one hand on my chest and another hand on my stomach and we're just gonna inhale I'm looking across the podcast at you Okay, let's talk about that step three. As we get in touch with our mental and emotional state, we want to ask about specific feelings that they may be having, naming these feelings, helping kids develop this vocabulary, reminding them, okay, what is this? This is anxiety, it's worry, it's stress, it's feeling unfocused, and then we sort of measure it. Okay, how how stressed do you feel right now on a scale of one to 10? One is completely wild off the hook, and 10 is I'm feeling like Yoda on his best day, right? We wanna keep things light, and non-shaming, what we're trying to do here is help adolescents begin to notice their own process and advocate for what they need. Another intervention I like to use with adolescents is zones of regulation model where we're assigning colors to emotional states. Green for calm, blue for sad and worried, yellow for anxious and restless, and red for out of control. I love this tool. It's simple. It's transformational because it helps students, especially those with limited emotional vocabulary, break down and identify. Identify their emotional stress. And then we ask, okay, what do you need right now? And then maybe provide three options take a break for 10 minutes, no video games, get a snack, or take a walk outside. And then I ask, do you need my help right now or do you want to try this alone? Again, I keep this light. And it and it looks different in the classroom with younger adolescents versus junior high and high school adolescents. I also like to provide students and clients with a chart of coping skills that I keep one on the fridge for me and my family members. So even if they don't like what but, you know, I have to offer or say, okay, well, let's choose something else from this list or make up your own. It just kind of gets that dialogue going and helps them take agency over their own problem solving.
1: How many times have you been told to just keep a planner? Too many. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, oh, you have an attention disorder. Just keep a planner. And and it's really not that simple. It's not just like doing it. You want me to take a planner? Okay, let's go to the next question. My teenager told me that this school practices mindfulness.
0: Can this actually help my child? Can mindfulness help my ADHD child? The answer is unequivocally yes. Research is very strong that mindfulness can help with managing symptoms of ADHD. In one study of mindfulness training in kids ages 8 through 12, it showed a significant reduction of inattention and hyperactivity after just eight weeks. In another study, fifth graders who are on ADHD medication were taught mindfulness, and their math scores improved by 88%. That research study really blew my mind a little bit. And in the Journal of Attention Disorders, mindfulness-based therapies improved attention by 66%, and decreased hyperactivity and impulsivity by 53%. Okay, that's that's pretty, uh, pretty conclusive. Other ways that you can help support your adolescent at home is making sure that they have balanced nutrition. According to the book, Finally Focused, A Breakthrough and Natural Treatment Plan for ADHD by James Greenblatt and... Bill Gottlieb, they recommend making sure that your children have enough zinc, magnesium, and probiotics. In addition, pediatric allergist Doris Rapp, MD, writes about how undetected allergies can contribute to hyperactivity and inattentiveness. She recommends making sure that your children have omega-3s to nurse their brain and reducing their sugar intake. Omega-3s and lower sugar intake is shown to increase memory alertness and attentiveness. One thing I appreciate about my own adolescent is the recognition that boba drinks that we were so enjoying were not that good for us. So we're looking at non-sugary tea substitutes to keep our boba Tuesdays special, such as reducing sugar to 50% or maybe just doing something besides boba. But then what do we call it if it's boba Tuesday? Okay, last question.
1: How do I make sure my kids' teachers and counselors know about my daughter's ADHD and give her accommodations, even though she doesn't want
0: anyone to know? Okay, thank you, Adam, for sending in this email. Uh, Talking about adolescents with ADHD are, yes, sometimes embarrassed by the stigma of ADHD or they want to deny it. Teens, they just want to feel normal. Well, special and normal. So you can just be honest with your teen about ADHD and frame it Hey, this is just a way that some brains work. It's not a character flaw or a weakness. It's just a difference. And empathize that letting others in will be valuable. So, you know, you have other reminders and other people working on your behalf. We don't need to let it limit your success in life. I also encourage you to be sensitive to your kids' concern about how they might be perceived in school and the additional stress they feel about school. Sitting in class is very hard. Having close friends is hard. Feeling different from other classmates having low self-esteem and feeling that their parents don't understand or trying to control their process in school is hard. So you can offer them support by doing things together, taking a walk, getting a snack, chilling out on the couch, you know, helping them find physical activities that they enjoy and where they can be successful can be so powerful in addressing and reversing negative self-talk and low self-esteem. When teens with ADHD can still feel successful and confident about themselves in other ways, these feelings can go on to to make them feel more successful in school as well. All right, well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for sharing your attention and your questions. Join us next week for part two of this series on ADHD as Dr. Pamela Moslin offers a valued psychiatric perspective to this conversation. Thanks to all my student contributors to 6 and to the folks at Banyan Tree Studios where we make it all happen. Please, please download this episode so that I can keep bringing you content. Follow Jenny DeBevic on Instagram and pass along to your community so we can all breathe the sweet smell of raising adolescence. And on that note, may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be free from suffering, and welcome back to school.